If you're not making any progress healing from the effects of a traumatic childhood, it's very likely that whatever you were told about how to do it isn't working for you. It might even be flat out wrong. Now in my work, there's an old way the world sees trauma and how to treat it, and there's an emerging research-based approach. And I wanna talk about that emerging approach and how I've come to understand and work with people who are progressing through what I see as five distinct phases of healing. I encourage you to just hear me out, learn what they are, and ask yourself, what phase are you in right now? Because knowing this can help direct you to healing work that fits, that not only helps you feel happier, but helps you get control over your childhood PTSD symptoms so that you can have a fuller and happier and more meaningful life. You were never meant to be stuck in the hurt that other people caused you. So I just want you to remember, healing is possible. Now, if you know me, you know I teach the specific techniques and principles that I use to heal from my own past trauma. But in this video, I wanna show you the big picture, what I've noticed from my own life and from teaching and coaching thousands of people who suffer with PTSD symptoms from childhood. And what I've noticed is that healing tends to flow through these five phases. Okay, so the first phase of healing is to realize what trauma is actually doing to you. Now, obviously everybody's different, but the effects of abuse and neglect in childhood tend to follow very common patterns. They're so common that I think you'll find it comforting to learn that no, a lot of your challenges and mistakes are not, as you may have thought, some kind of personal failure. When you learn the common effects of trauma, and this is something I teach in all my courses, you will find how many of your problems are normal. You can totally let go of all that blame on yourself. You don't have some kind of crazy preference for drama. You're not seeking people out who will hurt you. You're not trying to recreate your childhood. <laughs> have you ever been told these things? I, I have been told those things and it always sounded wrong. And it sounded wrong then and it sounds even more wrong from where I sit now because now we know the common symptoms of CPTSD from childhood are normal responses to abnormal circumstances during your developmental years. Yes, there are psychological elements, but at its root, it's a neurological injury that disrupts brain and body systems. And this affects your health, it can cause chronic disease, it can cause learning problems, relationship problems, definitely that, financial problems, depression, anxiety, addiction, and this is a big one that gets overlooked, it can make it impossible to make clear-headed decisions right when you need to make a clear-headed decision. Now, if you haven't heard me say it already, this is what can really drag you into some bad situations, especially via relationships. So there's a lot of wrong information out there. You see it on TV, you see it in movies a lot, where a traumatized person finally just talks about it one time and everything magically gets better. 
And if only it were that easy, even if you talk about it a lot, it might not get better. That's not what ended up working for me. So of course it looks from the outside like we just aren't seeing that we're traumatized. We're not admitting what's actually at the root of our problems. And it looks like that because our actions don't make sense. We probably from the outside seem deluded and it makes no sense that we would, you know, keep making the same self-sabotaging mistake over and over. To someone who doesn't have CPTSD, it's easy to assume this is some kind of decision or choice we're making. And if someone believes that, they can dress it up with all kinds of reasoning about why that would be. But the telltale sign that an idea or an assessment isn't really the right one in your case is that when you apply it, it doesn't do anything for you. The results just aren't there. And results matter. That's how you know. People who have CPTSD have usually tried a lot of different ways to heal, and for too many of them, it just hasn't worked. There might be this tiny puff of belief when you first hear some explanation for your symptoms. You know, it's this, it's caused by that. But when you give that thought a few days and weeks to air out, and knowing this doesn't change anything, well, there it is. Knowing some idea of what's wrong with you, even if it's true, doesn't necessarily fix it. It's not the solution. It might work for other people, like knowing something, but if it doesn't, if you don't end up just improving, then the idea is an idea, it's not a solution. If your failure to respond to common treatments is making you feel ashamed, then internalizing that this is a misunderstanding, it's wrong information for you, that should come as a relief. We now have a much better understanding of what trauma does to people. You're not a bad person. You're not defiant or you know refusing help. You're normal. Your symptoms are not your fault. And knowing this is the first crucial phase of healing. The second phase is to understand the root cause of most of your symptoms, and that is something called dysregulation. Now, chronic stress and trauma in childhood can cause brain and nervous system changes that affect every system in the body. Those normally regulated systems become dysregulated. And you'll hear me use that word all the time, dysregulated. There's emotional dysregulation and there's neurological dysregulation, including dysregulation of brain activity from a flowing pattern to a chaotic pattern. And this in turn leads to dysregulation of hormones and chemical signals that govern your immune system, your heart function, your reproductive system, your metabolism, uh, your attention span, your ability to stay calm and present and not melt down emotionally or totally space out at crucial moments. So in this stage of healing, you learn to notice when dysregulation is happening. What are the signs that you have it? And what are the triggers that seem to set it off? Now, recognizing this can initiate this huge wave of growth for the people I coach, just like it did for me. They'll often say, oh my God, that's what I have. That is what throws me off every time. And if you have that, that's what made it almost impossible to stop making those same mistakes. It made it impossible to solve the problems in your life that just seem to hang around and get worse and never better, even though you do everything right. It's the dysregulation. 
And you know what? You can learn to re-regulate. You can learn to notice when it's happening and take steps to get yourself calm and clear-headed and able to focus again. And it's strange at first, and it'll surprise the heck out of you to find that simple techniques can stop a trigger from turning into an upset, which then turns into a full day or three days of dysregulation, right? because that's what happens. You have an argument with somebody or somebody criticizes you and it hurts and it can be hard to work or focus for days after that. You're just going through the motions, you're feeling numb, you're feeling kind of buzzy in your hands, time is just like, what's happening? It's going so fast. So when you know how to re-regulate, you might still get dysregulated sometimes, but you'll notice it sooner and then turn it around quickly and get back to being okay and doing whatever it is you wanna be doing. When you're regulated, you're a lot less likely to lose your temper or have an anxiety attack or feel overwhelmed. You're less likely to procrastinate, which is nice, and you have a way out from all that to free yourself. And when you're free, so many things in life become possible. So I love teaching people about this in my coaching programs because it's one thing to read, you know, <laughs> it's one thing to read about how to re-regulate or watch a video about it, but being in a small group, connecting every week with people who know you, sharing what you're trying, what you're noticing, having people hear you and be happy for you and share their discoveries about what works, you can see the re-regulation in them and sometimes that's what it takes to really believe that it's real and it can happen and it can happen for you. So working with everyone, I get to see this light go on in their eyes like, ah, that's it. We're not failures. We're not stupid. We're dysregulated and this can be healed. So that is the third crucial phase of healing learning to connect with other people. And this is probably the single worst, most painful impact of childhood trauma on your adult life, feeling like an outsider, feeling like you didn't get the memo on how to act, how to belong, or you're good at acting like you're fine, but you never feel like you're safe to be yourself. You feel lonely, even in a crowd. And of course, Romantic relationships, they're dreadful. It can get obsessive or it, you can get rejected. It can be non-existent. It can get so hard dealing with people that whether you mean to or not, you avoid them. And it's not supposed to be this way. So I say it again and again, childhood PTSD is an injury to the ability to connect with other people. It's an injury, but healing that injury can be learned. So when you're more regulated, it's easier to connect. And it works the other way too. When you have more connection handled slowly and consciously, it can help you get more regulated. So healing is kind of an upward spiral, not a straight line. You know, you don't first do connection and then you learn dysregulation or vice versa. You do a little of both at the same time. And then you go through cycles and make progress and then the cycle comes around and you heal some more. <laughs> and the fourth crucial phase of healing is all about facing your own self-defeating behaviors. Do you ruin relationships with anger, for example? Are you isolating? Do you have addictions or a problem with food and weight that's hurting your health? These are all trauma related and a lot of traumatized people stay stuck with these problems all their lives. But when you're regulated and connected a little more to people, you can begin to change things that you would like to change. And that is sacred work to keep facing your own mistakes and making day-to-day -day changes in a positive direction. 
This is where life starts to get much more open, much more happy. And then comes the fifth crucial phase. And that's when you're able to shed your old limited idea of yourself, you know, stuck in resentment or hopelessness. It'll never work or paralysis. I just can't, or trying to please people who are never going to be pleased with anything you do, right? This is the phase where you're able to discover who you really are, the real you and the gifts that you were meant to bring into the world. This is the phase of joy and sharing of healing with other people. You probably have inklings of what your gifts are already, but the burden of CPTSD has been so heavy that it's hard to develop what you're really good at. So in my membership program and in our coaching program, we take people all the way through these phases, all the way to the gifts phase, and this is the greatest pleasure of all is watching each person's power and dignity start to shine brightly as they are able to see it. Not the old identity of someone who's merely hurt, but their true identity as people who accomplish great things for the benefit of everyone. And you watch that feeling of life being empty or meaningless just evaporate like they're waking up from a bad dream. It is like that. The way the world looks through the eyes of, an, of unhealed trauma is a bad dream. And then you come out of it. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.